0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, MSP friends and family. Welcome to Partner First, where we bring in subject matter experts to improve your business. I'm your Taco Tuesday host, Dean Trempelis, continuing my Hawaiian shirt takeover. Today we'll be talking about MSP help desk fishing with a focus on lessons learned from the MGM attack, that's fishing with a PH, the pretty hot kind of fishing. Uh, and we'll be featuring Gene Reich, founder of Trace, uh, Traceless. And uh, just as a reminder to everybody, the webinar is being recorded. Uh, You can find it on all of the platforms you like and some of the platforms you don't. And the slide deck will be available as well. All right, let's get this party started. Can we bring on Gene? Hey, what's up, Dean? How bad did I butcher your last name? I just
1: called you Gene Reich instead of Gene... Rich, Rich. I mean... Sorry. It's okay. I missed your chat, man. I should pay I should pay attention. It was the inner, it's all inner good man.
0: I apologize.
1: It's fine. Um and, and what's up to the rest of the OIT crew? Uh haven't seen you guys in person for a minute. So it's nice to, to have some support on this uh webinar.
0: Yeah, we already got some people in the chat, which is awesome. Thank you everybody for being here. Um so uh, uh I'm really excited for this one, uh, just, just full disclosure to everybody. My MSP before OIT, we actually used Traceless. And uh, it was a really, really cool product. And unlike a lot of the other things I used, I didn't have any agency in the decision making. I was kind of handed Traceless. Um, so I I can't wait to really get into this war with you. Um, Great. So I guess why don't you tell us a little bit about I, I know we're not really here to like, plug only traces. But why don't you tell us a little bit about Traceless for everybody?
1: Yeah. So Traceless uh, was started in 2019. Um, I was actually part of Connectwise. So let's re- rewind the clock a little bit more. Um, Arnie Bellini, before he um, left uh, Connectwise, right? He was uh, really focused on cybersecurity. He felt that that was the next big thing for the industry. And he started uh, what they call the CISA Think Tank. And it was kind of, it was an invite only peer group under the Evolve umbrella, where we were talking about, um, you know, like what's happening in the industry, what actually is an MSSP? um, What products do you think that we need? How are you pricing and packaging this service to your customers? um, You know, where the gaps were in the market for support for MSPs and you know, the, the last one, but certainly not um, <clears throat> like the least was basically how MSPs are protecting their own uh, company, right, from, from threat actors. And it was really interesting because this was a time where as an MSP owner, you know, it was moving from, oh, like we have a backup of our stuff and we're running patching and antivirus. We're good, right, to like nothing is good enough, right? It's pretty frightening, um, when you when you change that that exposure uh, that you have and and um, so yes yeah, from that group that I, I found my own security hole that I felt like I needed to plug within Traceless uh, or sorry within uh, Minusp and that's why I started Traceless um, specifically on the original side focused on um, you know verification of customers calling in and uh, sending and receiving sensitive information. Uh, without leaving it at rest. And it's been an interesting four years. And I think that our our paradigm shift of what we need to do as MSPs and how we need to treat sensitive information is starting to get a little bit more mainstream, which is super fun. Um, and we're grateful because, you know, like when I started, I was like, oh, I'm gonna protect all my friends and protect MSPs. And it was really a calling to help myself, but also help the, the community, right? Um, yeah, so that's, that's where we started and we've got a lot of new products coming out the door at the end of this year, uh, and, you know, integrations, and we're going to go into next year doing some, some really interesting things in the industry. Really excited about it.
0: So I got to ask, cause I would ask this to any, any MSP owner or former MSP owner, um, uh, what, what made your MSP special? Cause we all think our MSPs are special, What well, what was your unique experience?
1: um so so what makes that business special well spec- specifically or...
0: specifically yours um you know what what did you guys do different what was interesting special I mean, you guys are a mac shop right
1: yeah so that's we're always the, you know the weirdos doing apple stuff so like you know shout out to all my other peers who are just as weird doing apple stuff um you know, it's like definitely, and that's funny because that's how I got invited to this CISO think tank. Um, Andrew Morgan, who's a great guy in the industry, he actually uh, before that was my account manager for True Methods. So we had like, you know, a transition and, and he said, hey, you know, you know Gene, I know you're in this Mac peer group because um, we, we had a little peer group and we pester the hell out of ConnectWise, you know. Why is Automate not working on the Apple platform? You know, this is not good enough and uh you know you said it was going to be web-based it's not you know we don't want to run vmware on our machines uh, so we're we're a pretty like small group of loud people um uh, which sometimes is the case uh, in the industry and uh you know a lot of people would be like whoa like how do you make money You're like, wait you can make money like servicing apple equipment um and it's been um 18 years and there's always been Consistent opportunity, but the the opportunity that we face right now as an MSP in the focus of Apple uh, is Never it's it's like the most incredible time to be in the business that we're in Um, So so, you know, our focus is Apple Google Workspace and Okta Um, We're a CrowdStrike partner as well. So a little bit different than some of the normal MSP stack of tools that people support. So I think I think one of your
0: first slides, dramatic foreshadowing, talks about how hard it is running MSP, but yeah. I mean, like as an Apple MSP, I know Apple's, anybody with a brain knows that an Apple computer isn't immune from security issues, but you would think out of all the platforms to manage, Apple's probably the most closed environment, it's the most tightly controlled. It's just interesting to me that an Apple focused MSP would say there's a gap in the market here I need to fill it. I wouldn't think you would be the MSP that would identify that I I would maybe not say immune, but I I would think less susceptible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the the early days of being an Apple consultant was just passion for the brand, and the technology that they were making, right? It was like, it came from a true deep, personally connected experience, unboxing an iPod, right? I mean, that's like, blew my mind. I was like, this is crazy. And that kind of led me down that path. And I think the early days, you had a very big mix of classic creative industry businesses like video, post production, photo post production, uh, marketing agencies, marketing companies, you know, know, that kind of stuff. Uh, And then you had a handful of people who came from a corporate America environment, which was all Windows. That started their own business. That said, I don't whatever I need to do. I'm not using Windows anymore, um, and that was that was a core of business for a very very long time. You know, Apple really did an incredible job um, calling out what I would say is like modern directory uh, MDM kind of thing, right? And not directory, but modern ways to manage devices, right? I think a lot of the Windows paradigms of having <clears throat> you know, profile management mm-hmm. and mobile um, f- home folders and, or portable home folders, I forget which is a classic term for the Windows environments, but, you know, having that and then all the policies enforced through Active Directory and uh, an actual controller on-prem, uh, you know, all that was basically in the cloud for the Apple environments way before because they they killed their server product. Right, with your Apple you ID know. being sort of your, your one truth to... Your products, <laughs> kind of. I mean, the way that Apple did it was like, if you buy laptops or desktops through your business account, we're going to allow you to automatically affiliate them with your business, right? And then enforce management policies and procedures. So, with the loss of Xserve, which was the last enterprise piece of hardware running server stuff, and then they had uh, OS10 server on the Mac Mini right? Which was useful until it wasn't. And, you know, it's like, what do you do to manage all these devices? And Apple was like, we're going to get out of that business and put our platform in an open API, kind of like, this is what you can do to manage these things. Um, here's a paradigm. And I think that that really allowed them to, to, you know, really surpass a lot of years of Microsoft moving towards endpoint manager. You know, and I think the thing about Microsoft is you know that they're going to come for Okta's lunch, right? I'm hearing more about it all the time, right? You know they're coming for Slack's lunch. That's just how they roll, right? Intune's coming for Apple device management's lunch, right? Like any MDM player out there knows Intune is coming right. to be the player to manage all the devices, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's been a pretty interesting evolution. And then you had COVID, which totally wrecked the supply chain. And I think you had a lot of big enterprise mid-market companies that couldn't get PCs for nine months, ten months. That could get Apple products in a month or two. That was our experience. Um, And the deployment methodologies, zero, yeah, zero-touch deployment. Apple coined that thing, man. I mean, that's yeah, that's it. And so, you know, you had all that happening with the kind of like adoption of SaaS tooling, right? Which basically let You know, basically, if you have Chrome, you're good. So all of these things kind of like happening at the same time uh, made it a perfect time for Apple to move into the business sector. And then they had a Trojan horse, uh, which was the iPhone. Right. And so the iPhone, I mean, that was like, that got a lot of people really interested in the experience that Apple uh, provides. And I think we're going to see dramatic growth of their desktop, laptop, particularly the laptops um, in the commercial market in the coming years. Uh, And also their, their Silicon chips are like insane. So when you have like laptops that are better than the top line Intel a year prior that last 20 hours a day on battery, I mean, it was really like when I got my first uh, M1 device, my mind exploded, it was, it was like a crazy, another crazy tech experience. So, with with the entire
0: ecosystem you just described, and with the fact that Microsoft mm-hmm. and and Google on their own respective platforms are really kind of trying to catch up and provide the same experience, how are we even here? Like, how does this even begin to happen? How do you even execute a phishing attack? It 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 sounds at this point like. And I think even in, in the breach we're gonna talk about, they were using Okta, they were using identity management, they were using MDM. They 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 were doing everything right and yet this this still happened. And it's not a new concept, yeah. right? I mean, like I grew up with like um uh war games and hackers and sneakers and swordfish. I mean each one of those movies is literally about this, and it kind of mm-hmm. seems like the breakdown isn't my technology it kind of sounds like the breakdowns my people like
1: 100 like we're dumb humans are the the yeah i mean humans are the weakest link and and they will continue to be until we have chips in our brains and then you know it'll be frightening for for us as a species but you know like i you know i think that that's going to be the case uh forever right and you know, a lot of what you're talking about, you know, I think was based on Kevin Nicknick, um, yeah. who is like a very prolific old school hacker, brilliant technologist, but you know, where he was like more brilliant was just gaming humans. I mean, that was like, that was his jam, you know, like he he basically got people to believe in stuff that didn't exist or believe that he was something he wasn't or whatever. And then that, that was the open door, right? So i think that what we're seeing right now is um we have we have some open doors and that's where attackers will um will go right so we were it's like any it's like anything really we were talking before we went
0: before we went live about um the mgm attack and i kind of made the joke that like that big uh glowing orb they put uh in vegas you know like when when is somebody gonna hack into that and you know Put oh,
1: live live coverage, yeah, live coverage on it. But like, it, it kind of in the background. Not even
0: going to be about you know finding that they left like their their you know an RDP port open. It, it sounds more like I'm like reading an old book in the '80s about phone freaking. Like this is more about social engineering about tricking people into giving me access. Totally. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to bring up the slide deck or death by PowerPoint. But yeah. like, why don't you talk us a little bit we'll through what what happened at MGM? How did this happen?
1: Great. So uh, if we just go through some of the early stuff, right? Um, you know, we talked about uh, where I was, what I've done. Um, still still rocking the MSP, doing Traceless as well. Um, and so I think if we, like, just zoom out a little bit, sure. right? I think, you know, this is a, also a call out to all of my peers. I mean, you know, when the MGM thing happened and... You know first you hear uh, this casino got breached right and you're like oh like another you know crazy rich corporation got hit you know right i'm sure they did something dumb you know it's like wh- whatever we think which is which is um you, you assume you assume not. it has
0: to yeah. be either like a password mm-hmm. one two three situation or Correct. something like a, a, a nation crazy, state actor you know edge. sold them poison cisco you know, devices, you know, something
1: on that level. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But it was an MSP. Right. And so, Whoops. you know, when we hear that, you know, really it's like when MS, when an MSP gets hit and it causes the headlines to read like they did, it's all of us. It's not just that MSP. Right. It's the industry that takes a hit. And uh, what's unfortunate is that, you know, we're not going to hear of all of the MSPs that saved the day for all the companies that they did or all the great work that they did preventative and, you know, all the learnings and all the battles they went to to get their customers to implement an MDR. Like nobody's going to ever report on that crap, right? So it's tough, right? All we hear is like, oh, this MSP got owned, right? And then it's like, what is going on? And it's, it's like a, (laughs) excuse me it's kind of like one of the realities of of i think where we live is is like a lot of the media is like sometimes the negative stuff right they're not really like focused on oh look at this person like helping an old lady across the street you know so it's it's not like that thinking
0: about that fact that it was an msp that got owned i know you know relationships you can do a million positive things it takes one negative to tank the relationship the yeah. the slide we just had up was talking about you know tools and tool creep. I I I was an operations manager at an MSP, I had a pretty decent MSP. They got pretty big and pretty operationally mature. And even at that size, I didn't have an infinite budget for tools. Nor yeah. did I want more tools. And like I had said before, when uh, my MSP got acquired by the MSP that was using Traceless, and they're like, "You're going to use Traceless now." My first thought. Wasn't oh cool, I'm excited. It was like another tool. Like what are you doing to me? So how how does a tool slot in to help me manage people? Like how, how do I use a tool? I already don't want to pay for a tool. I'm I'm already I'm already aggravated at my my cogs and my operations mindset. How is a tool gonna help me keep a person from giving another person access to something? Like, it's like telling me that like a tool is going to prevent the guy with the, like the guy with the clipboard and the polo shirt walking around confidently from not entering the job site. It, I mean, just jump the fence. The fence is literally jump right over it.
1: So how does that work? Right. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think you, you spoke to a lot of real challenges in operating an MSP or any business really, but we're here to talk about MSP stuff. So it's tough running a small business, right? And Yeah, I always tell the story, and it's like kind of a joke, but it's actually 100% true. First year at IT Nation, I walk into the vendor pavilion as an MSP, right? I was like, oh, my God, I've been missing out. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm a Luddite. I'm running my business like garbage, like whatever, right? So I bought a bunch of tools. And then the next year, it's like the same thing. You go back, and you always get all that hype after being – and this is why like events are so cool to go to is that you get you get really stoked about what you're doing professionally and you're not firefighting and you're like having meaningful, meaningfully like beneficial conversations with peers, you're learning, um, all that stuff, right? But, you know, I joke that like the second year we bought tools to help us manage the tools that we bought the year before, right? Or consulting services to manage the yes. tools that we thought were easy. Uh, and then the third year I was like, Yo, I'm just gonna go, but I'm not gonna buy anything because I can't. I gotta like decrease the tool creep, right? Um, and I think that that's uh, also a big part of ConnectWise's ecosystem is the marketplace and and having like a and same with Salesforce and ServiceNow. I mean, they all are are saying like you can do anything on our platform thanks to our partners, right? Right. Um, but they all cost money. They all take time to. Uh, implement operationally speaking <clears throat> and then you got to manage people to use them properly um you know next year we're going to launch some more like persistent threat products um and, and other tooling that doesn't really require human like in- engagement right but part of traceless now a big part is like people making the right choice to, to use the right tool right and to, to do the right process and so i think a lot of what we spent time on is how do we make it very effective to implement very quickly, very easy for people to see and to use. I love, yeah. and look, like, it's not perfect. I loved the it's pod perfect, inside right?
0: manage. And, and basically, yeah, we were one of the first man. apps yeah.
1: in the pod. Yeah, it was crazy because when ConnectWise launched that, you know, before I started Trace, I was like it was like right around the same time. I was like, what are we going to do with this? Right. And then I started Trace, and I'm like, this is brilliant. Uh, And so it's been good from that perspective, Um, but I think, you know, if if you guys can go back to the slides, I think that it's very, this is a really interesting way to holistically look at um, the adoption of technology in general, right? Right. And, you know, my buddy, Drewway at Times Us, he's spoken about this before, and we could look at this as MSPs to think about how we sell into our, our customers, Right. And I think we're, you know, for identity verification on the health desk, unfortunately, we're still in the early adopters phase. For sure. You know, and I, th- and I think that that's um, really challenging from a perspective of what we saw with MGM. And I think that people are starting to prioritize this. Because again, like we said, it's like very difficult to prioritize what to do, what to buy. And so, you know, this is the cycle, right? And I I believe that in five years, maybe 10, you know, every help desk will be doing some form of identity verification uh, because we should, right? I mean, that'd be like, if banks didn't verify you calling in, you'd probably be very pissed. You literally own the credentials to tank a business. Like every customer of every MSP, right? we have all of their stuff their email their file sharing that's it's like the intellectual property of businesses today is digital right it's not like sure right. they're still manufacturing customers i'm not downplaying that industry at all but like most of us are supporting that critical infrastructure for people and uh, you know we really need to think about that that job that we've taken on right well and you, with, you know when you lens, talk about the
0: adoption right? too i think back to like the msb i was at I. Pretty high operational maturity level MSP, pretty sophisticated, good client base. Our solution until someone else told me I had this problem was we we know all our clients personally. So that's Mm -hmm. our identity management. We talk to these people so much. I would know if that wasn't, you know, Sandy calling me. I would know if that wasn't Bob calling me. And to my brain, like that was fine. And it wasn't until... Um, our next MSP, when the support staff there, I asked them that same question, like, what do, you, what do you mean know all of our clients? We don't know every single one of our clients. Why would we know that? And I was like, well, but how, how, how do you make sure the person calling you is who they say they are? And they were like, we don't worry about that. We have a tool to manage that. I had never even considered the product category. And then once I learned about it, it was that thing, like like when I bought a Subaru, I only see Subaru's on the highway, I only saw other tools that solve this problem. But like, I thought, I mean, I thought we had our act together, like we were doing a lot of really good things. And I didn't even consider this was a hole at all.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also good to acknowledge that, you know, going back to we don't have to look at the slides but the first slide you know it's hard running a business and we are all at our own stage of evolution of how we're running our business right and there's nothing we're all trying as hard as we can right and and it's just the way life is right and i think that for anyone listening who's like oh man i don't i guess i have to do this or it's just like you know yeah and, and phil just yeah exactly watch out for this Yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically on my slide, because that's happening also, right? And it's like any hacking tool, it becomes easier to adopt and use, and then it goes down market. And guess what, a lot of us MSPs are servicing down market businesses. Um, So like, you know, why do people adopt technology, the industry evolving? Um, you know, you could think of AV going from AV to MDR, right? MDR is like, first there's AV, then next gen, AI right. driven AV and MDR, right? That's an evolution piece, right? Threat landscape, I think, you know, we're, we're in this this topic of, of this, you know, webinar is really a change in, in the threat landscape that we're seeing. Um, and I think that we also are starting to have MSPs come to us and saying, yeah, a customer is requiring that we do this. Right. So I think that you're going to like more regulation happen generally in in business. Right. And then with that regulation is going to come more standards that are going to have to be enforced. And with that will become adoption of of tools. Right. And so I think that that's um, where we're at. Um, Yeah. And so going back to, you know, what happened with MGM. Because they um, they
0: had correct me if I'm wrong. I'm definitely not a security guy, but the there there was MDM. Um, there was mfa set up there were there, there were the yeah. normal now reasonable things that 10 years ago would have been unreasonable there was there's mfa set up there was a process to do a reset on your account and even with those things in place cuz i mean right mfa is supposed to be magical if you have mfa set up then you're unhackable um yeah. right still we gained access how how would they do that i mean i'm Haha, ha, the MSP made a mistake, but I'd like to think that most people in our industry aren't like intentionally weaponized stupid. So
1: uh, how did this happen? You know, I think what happened was like the uh, the attackers were looking on LinkedIn because I read a post about this. Again, there's been a lot of like uh, a lot of news, and I think that uh, we'll we'll have to take news with a grain of salt. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think the MSP declared uh, a breakdown. I mean, you know, MGM didn't probably go into the depth that it could have with this MSP, right. But like, what I heard from what I read was that the attacker found somebody on LinkedIn, a newer candidate or newer employer of that MSP, and kind of worked them, right. And so, you know, this is a very uh, common thing, right, we had in my MSP, you know, it's, it's like kind of cute, fun, but like, there's been people who text my employees at the MSP, and and basically saying like, "Hello, this is Gene Rich, your boss."
0: Yeah, we get that. You know, like, I get
1: texts all the time. Please, from go, get me,
0: okay, please yeah. go
1: get me. Okay, please go give me twelve hundred dollars in Apple gift cards at Walmart. I'm in a bad place. You know, and so. Wait, you haven't reimbursed me okay, for that, by the way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, you know, that that's coming, right? And that's like, we we determined the only way that this person found out the link between myself and my employer was, was LinkedIn, right? And so, you know, we're not, as a people, going to stop being on these platforms that are publicly accessible with very um, simple information, but in the right, you know, lens, potentially dangerous. Right. And so the help desk got fished. it was the MSP. And look, I think the, you know, what happens after what happens next, you know, was sophisticated. Right. But like, it, it wasn't crazy how they got in. Um, and by the way, you know, another very, very big company, Okta, uh, had a breach, right. And guess what? That was their service desk. Right, and 170 customers uh, were affected. And guess what? You know, one password and Cloudflare were 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 fished. And one password—it was their service desk, right? One password stopped it pretty quick. Uh, Cloudflare, it, you know, stopped it right away as well. I think one password they got in, but nothing crazy happened. But again, these are like three, these are four help desk related phishing hacks in the last 60 days, right? We need to do something about it.
0: So what I mean, what what do you do? I'm so all right, I'm a help desk employee at MSP Co, Uh, we have a basic change management policy in place, because we're not a dumpster fire. Um, we have, uh, MFA enforced and all of the applications that we manage. Um, we yep. have a ticketing system. Uh, we have an, an intergroup chat for escalation. So I get a phone call or a case in that's from a, a presumably an end user saying, Hey, I got locked out of my, I'll actually use a, a real one from, from OIT. I, I was on a trip and I think I violated our, uh, you know, GOIP policy. And so I got locked out of my Microsoft account. Can you reset that for me? Totally reasonable request. That's mm-hmm. a normal thing. The right information is provided for me. That employee was on a trip, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm like, I know this person, they were on a trip, all right. What, I mean, what else do I do at that point? Short of directly asking that person in another medium, which in a small company might have the luxury of doing, but I, I, I can't text my client on like, their personal phone from my personal phone and be like, you know, hey, Bob, I know we had drinks last night. Can you verify that you just asked me this? Like, I don't have that relationship with my clients that I might with a coworker. Yeah. How do I protect against that?
1: Yeah, so you know, it's interesting, early days, Traceless, you know, we had a lot of people running to our platform, right? They're like, thank God, you guys started this company. Um, We've been losing sleep over this, right? Those were larger companies. They were more mature, like you were talking about, right? Um, but you know, as we started doing more outbound work and having more conversations, you know, we've seen all sorts of solutions for this, right? So, again, going back to tool creep, um, I think that this is a process change problem. Tooling is just a part of the solution, right? So, we've had MSPs that have code words stored in IT glue. For their customers, right, to get support. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we've had people who um, hang up the phone and call them back, right? Which is like, man, I get it, but it takes time and it's a horrible customer experience. That's what we used to right? do.
0: Um,
1: is we have, yeah. And, and I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, yeah. like, man, it's it's tough, right? Password but you're doing the good took work. Took like
0: 25 right? minutes because of that. Correct. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that when you, when you start talking, uh, well, at least when Traceless gets in a room and we start brainstorming about all the ways that we can benefit businesses, the roadmap is super deep um, on this, this one topic of interest, right, uh, which is a part of our platform. And I think that um, having a process is the first step because then you're bringing awareness to your help desk and you're starting to manage a different process whether you know you can uh, we, we think our products extremely affordable. A lot of feedback we get is we're not charging enough or you know whatever people are very generous in that way. Um, but you know that being said, I think that we're um, currently doing a basic SMS uh, you know, relay uh, type verification. Uh, we've heard of people using badge numbers or employee ID, information but you know all that info is available potentially to to be i do
0: want to give you a quick a quick vendor shout out um so one of my (coughs) one of my msp pet peeves that i know a lot of our our uh people watching would agree i love you have pricing pricing's on your website thank you for doing that more whether you like it or hate the pricing the fact that it's there um more vendors need to do this this is amazing thank you for doing this um yeah,
1: of course. And you see here we have, uh, we're bringing Traceless into slack and into teams. So we're, we're super stoked about that. Um, we're spinning up a data loss prevention uh, application that's driven by AI. So that's, you know, and then the early or the low 90s in accuracy. So we're really like, we're really trying to move uh, the needle for people in protecting their sensitive information. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I think um, we as a SaaS company, we've talked to vendors, and we've gone through like massive sales processes, only to find out that the price wasn't like, like, we literally just couldn't, right? right. Like, even if we just couldn't, right? And, and we had sunk in hours on both sides. And so for us, you can go to our website, purchase, sign up, integrate, and invite your team in like 10 minutes, and then you're using the tool. Right. So I think that that's early days. We spent a lot of time trying to focus on that experience um, because it's hard adopting tools sometimes. Right. Again, go right. to tool creep. Uh, that's difficult. Um, and so, you know, I think that uh, per the comment of Mr. Bond, um, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, that was a what's up. So what's up, Mr. Bond um, from Phil, watch out for the AI voices. You know, I think that, Imagine like running uh, an internet script of LinkedIn businesses under fifty people, and then finding their CEO's voice on the internet somewhere, and having a robot crawl the web and put all this together. I was looking at I mean, a uh, an AI based LinkedIn
0: tool the other day that will analyze your profile and come back with what, based on your posts and everything you have, what it thinks your disc profile is and what it thinks your adapted disc um profile is so not only can you yeah. replicate a voice and content but you could potentially now even replicate delivery style uh value proposition it's it's scary how easy it's becoming to ai fakes In fact, i've been an ai this whole time I'm just but like that's almost how easy it is at this point
1: yeah 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 totally and it's just gonna keep keep uh, evolving so I think you know anybody who's out there who's listening as an MSP, it's hard work. It's hard to implement. It's hard managing people. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, everyone needs to try to do something around this topic. Uh, you know, obviously, we think you should buy Traceless, but uh, I'm happy to support people in the industry doing something uh, rather than nothing. Uh, and I think that that's um, part of being in the community is like really trying to get people um, to, to, to rise to better standards. And honestly, Dean, you know, like I shared the story uh, in 2019, we were just emailing people passwords. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible to say that, but we were, we adopted Connectwise way before and we didn't have encrypted email. Cause Google, cause we're on Google of course. And you know, that was like beta for the first five years and whatever it was. Right. And we were doing something that was a bad idea. We hadn't had the time to sit and assess the problem. Um, so or even, you know, even I think that that's not yeah. even in
0: a security context, just uh, like re, like everybody's been there where like you've got like the weird hardware vendor on site with no planning, and you've created the service account for them and you're trying to read off this, you know like 60 character, you know password over the phone to To some, you know, poor vendor who's only there for two hours and, and was in the car for five hours before that, and the whole thing's just painful yeah. and it sucks. Um, and uh, then you use those websites to let you securely send a file, but like, eh. and so we ended up we ended up using our um, email security and and uh, hardware security vendor captive portal to send encrypted files. That sucked.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think what's crazy is that, like, you know, our, our commitment at Traceless on the data side is is to not leave any information at rest. And, I, you know, it's kind of like a crazy thing because earlier this year, another huge, huge breach, probably bigger than any other breach, honestly. MGM was, like, definitely, like, I think a relatable breach right. to households. Right, like, my mom knew about it. Yeah, that's like, a great gauge of, like, you know, what I mean by that is, like, the other one was move it and move it is a SaaS tool to move files and store them securely. Yeah. Right. And that one is gnarly, like Google it, look at it. It is bad. Um, and then, you know, the other one that happened uh, uh, you know, encrypted email on office 365 in our government got breached by China, which is, you know, like it was from like a crazy obscure, crash log that had a piece of information to get in our thing. Okay. So in the rant about breaches, they're going to keep happening. Sensitive information sitting at rest causes damage. Right. And so that's kind of our persistent commitment to the community is to not leave that data at rest and to allow people to send and receive information easily. Um, and something else I just wanted to include because we didn't talk about it was, um, in the in the identity verification side, uh, this week we're launching Duo. So if you're an MSP and you nice. standardize on Duo, you can use Duo to send push notifications to customers within manage Autotask ServiceNow uh, to verify their identity. And probably uh, by the end of November, we'll have um, Azure um, AD.
0: Can I do that we all do from inside my PSA without having to exit the PSA? Yeah, right in the pod,
1: right in the pod. It's like an easy, uh, and, you know, because I think, look, we're all nerds, right? So you get in the weeds with us. Sometimes people are like, but, and just a shout out to everyone who doesn't think SMS is secure. Okay. Like, it's not the most secure thing I get. It's like got some weaknesses here and there. It's better than nothing. So we decided that we would, um, you know, get behind the organizations that we felt that businesses were gating their identity with. So we can support again not saying here's another tool to install and another app all your clients need it's like use the thing you got you know just use it in a different lens so we're super excited about that that's pretty cool
0: um and i know that you're not i i warned him ahead of time i asked this i know you're not the only player in the space who's working on various forms of this concept so if mm-hmm. I've listened to this presentation and you've sold me on the idea, I need I need a tool that I can use for identification, verification. I like convenience and not having sensitive data at rest is important to me. Why would I pick yeah. you over a couple of the other mm-hmm. vendors that people may have top of mind? Like what, what would make you a little bit different and more interesting or besides the fact that you published your uh. pricing? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think it's tough, right? It's, there's so many tools that do try to do so many things, <coughs> right? And so what you have is like a bunch of average functions, mm-hmm. right, from one tool. I think what we've really tried to do at Traceless is focus on the few things that we do, making that process very easy to use, and, and the tooling works all the time. So that's one of the feedbacks which is super rad uh, at events is people come up to us and we're like hey your, your tools too cheap and it works all the time like thank you um and and i think that that's uh that's that's us right that's how we built the product right um we also have taken security very seriously um we're SOC 2 type 2 certified uh, and that's like a whole other thing when you get to be a vendor you know i don't know Dean, did you ever set up integrations in ConnectWise Manage? I sure have. So like back in the day, everyone was like, (coughs) excuse me, everyone's like, be an admin, right? Just give us admin access to your entire ConnectWise API database, right? And when when I got on the vendor side and I'm like, okay, so we need four data points, I'm like, because we're like always minimum, 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 like how do we reduce right. risk, like all that stuff, right? And I almost went on a huge tirade to be like, no more admin users for any vendor, right? Well, that's, and I think the industry the is SaaS, better. It's the
0: SaaS version of my copier guy being like, just give me a domain admin account and I'll take care of setting up the copy. I would never yeah. do that in a network, why is why would I do that with the API for my most critical ticketing system that all of that flows through?
1: Yep. Yeah. And you know, like the likelihood of a supply chain attack coming through a third party app is is probably very high, right? I mean, this is like, there was a Kaseya plugin in ConnectWise Automate that caused a a really bad uh, stream of MSPs waking up to their entire environments being encrypted. Um, the Kaseya hack was a supply chain hack. I mean, right. again, ConnectWise now warns MSP admins on the ConnectWise managed infrastructure that you shouldn't be admins and you're basically removing liability from ConnectWise. But I think, it. you know, I'd encourage all us MSPs, if you get a new vendor who's integrating to your tool and they're asking for access that you don't understand or you don't agree with, you should push back because I think that that's good for those vendors to get that feedback. Um, because, yeah, again, it's hard running a business. People just make it, try to make it easy, just do the admin thing, right? It's like.
0: So there's, there's some there's some homework yeah. for anybody who's watching this. If you use ConnectWise um, and you're still using, especially if, if, if you're on an older implementation, you're probably still using the default, um, like, five to eight security profiles that ConnectWise gave you. Um, you. Anytime you edit one of those, you should be going in and making a specific one and assigning it. The explicit permissions it needs only to execute those functions in the PSA, and you should be naming it uniquely so that you have auditing. Uh, so anybody using Connectwise, go back and do that. Um, there is stuff on the university yeah, for how to it, do that now.
1: Yeah, and I think any any vendor, I'd like to encourage vendors to work towards SOC two Type two. It's expensive and it's a total pain in the ass. But like we have a do we have a job to do. Right. If we are integrating with people's businesses, we, we need to show a level of responsibility and, again, encouraging MSPs to ask for these things.
0: Well, there's. Um, I, I know we only got a few minutes left. I used to have it on my desk here. I had a book uh, yeah. that Brad Gross wrote, you know, the MSP lawyer. And that's one of the things he's been encouraging MSPs to do for a while is to basically state in your MSAs what your downstream liability is and what vendors are or are not cooperating with that so our clients as vendors are already starting to be encouraged to distance themselves from us so it's also important from a business survivability standpoint to take this seriously as a vendor yeah for sure for sure um before i forget dean um, are we going to see you in in florida that's what i was about to literally what i was about to ask you yes yeah, so i'll be at yeah. it nation will you
1: yeah, we'll be there um, in spirit. We won't be in the vendor pavilion this year. Uh, we moved our uh, our official sponsorship to next year. But you know, if you see myself or any one of my peers if we're there in this uh, tie dye jumpsuit, come say what's up. You know, get a drink. I mean, it's just very fun for me going to these events. You know, being a vendor, I was like, great. I'm not going to any you know, MSP talks, this is super chill. All I have to do is like be a vendor, but then it's like super exhausting to be a vendor. Cause you're like yelling at people in a loud room for hours upon hours, standing and your is feet, you know, staying up late, trying to get one more lead, whatever. So this year I'm just going as the dude, Gene floating around. That's awesome. So uh, find me. Yeah. Let's hang out. Uh, talk shop. You got any extra uh, tie dye jumpsuits
0: that if uh, somebody knows you no, and they say funny. the right secret word, they
1: can get one. So we, um, we talked about doing some, like, we get this question a lot, right? And so, you know, I go back and forth with Peter, my co-founder about getting like underwear made, and like keeping it in the booth, but like not visible. And then if someone like asks us, hey, do you have in it, like, we just give them like a pair of unisex underwear. Um, That might actually be a thing (laughs) next year. so you know, keep your hopes high for that. Uh, but the I direct answer is, you got you got to come work for Traceless to get a jumpsuit. So um, if we have any other clothing collabs with other brands, which is definitely part of our vision, uh, you know, get on get on our newsletter, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep you posted. We'll probably have one or two next year if things if things do. I you I want, to do.
0: I want be really one. Fun. So I'll be I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, hell yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Thanks for the love.
0: So that's that's what. Uh... So here's, here's how to reach Traceless. Um, thank you, Phil. Mm-hmm. I was doing my job there. Um, Phil, what upcoming events do we have uh, here on MMN?
1: Well, you just witnessed our latest Partner First webinar. And if you missed it, you can go back and watch it on our YouTube channels. But coming up tomorrow, we've got a new episode of AI Roundup focused on ChatGPT and Dolly 3. It's going to be a fun one. Then on Friday, we got a double dose of Marnie Stockman. She's going to be on MSP Community Live at 11 followed by a new book on bits and books that is leaders eat last at 12 so make sure you check that out and as always the msp dispatch is on tuesdays and fridays at 10 a.m eastern
0: gene it was a pleasure talking to you today uh besides your email yeah, and, and, you. and linkedin which we can yeah. use to fish you um anywhere else they can get a hold of you? Are, you are you on like uh, are you on the reddit Are you in the discords are you trolling anywhere
1: yeah, it was actually really funny. We we were using an ad for uh, a Reddit ad, and it was a Twitter post from uh, VX. Um, oh, what is it? I have to look it up now. Um, they're a great, very interesting group of people. Um, it's called uh, VX Underground, right? And so they're actually like a kind of like a free information, composite of malware, and we just got called out on their Twitter, like, don't use our shit for making money and whatever it's it's all good we, we messaged them and took care of business but like yeah I think you know LinkedIn is just yeah it's pretty interesting uh, but LinkedIn is probably the best place to get us uh, or our website and uh, so so yeah that's, just reach out it's a you know? challenge you to the audience then. whatever call
0: call traceless after this yeah. and try and fish jeans accounts using his LinkedIn exactly exactly all right thank you so much for being on today Perfect. really appreciate it
1: Yeah, it's fun. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me.
0: We'll see you in a little, uh, in a few weeks. This has been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.